As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. So... I guess funding announcements are still a thing, huh? Yeah, they're definitely still a big deal in the industry. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm just <laughs> a bit jaded, but I, I remember when I was running an agency thinking that all those companies you read about in TechCrunch, they must have everything figured out. Like, they're well-run machines. Well, we know that is not true. It's <laughs> not to say they're not all well-run, but startups are generally a lot messier on the inside. Yeah, they're, they're building the rocket ship in mid-flight. And it's one of the reasons we actually started this podcast, right, was to learn about how at least some of those companies successfully organized and scaled through this. When you're in the middle of it, it's a whole different scene. Everyone's wearing too many hats. There's no training programs in place for new hires. Everyone's heavily reliant on the CEO for direction. Product is, I don't know, always seems like it's on the verge of a pivot. (laughs) 
NHR is nowhere to be found. Yeah, that too. <laughs> so on today's episode, one of our confessions takes us behind the scenes of one of these startups who recently made the news for raising big funds. But behind the scenes, it's a lot different. So let's get into the show. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. So you mentioned we'll be going behind the scenes of a fast-growing startup, something we've both experienced. Yeah, I, I think back to my days at Unsplash and Crew, years before Crew was acquired by Dribble and Unsplash by Getty Images. I don't know, those were some really fun and exciting times. Yeah. You know, my first job right out of business school was employee number one at a company called Findaway. And I remember being there for a few years. And when I left, it was like 120 people. We were doing tens of millions of dollars in revenue. It's pretty fun having a front row seat to all that. It is. It is. I couldn't do it forever. But it is it is awesome. And so our guest today is currently working at a fast-growing startup. We welcome Christy Kim, the CEO of Persona, which is helping bridge the gap between physical and digital identities. Previously, she was at LinkedIn and Coursera before that. Christy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Michael and Mike. I live in San Francisco. I've been here for about seven years now. I'm originally from suburbs of L.A., and um, I'm the COO of Persona, which is an identity infrastructure startup. And um, what else? I have an adorable mini golden doodle. <laughs> He's usually in the background, kind of being decoration for my Zooms. But um, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. So for our first confession, the title pretty much sums it up. We're going to call this one, We Look Great to the Outside World, But Really... We're just a mess. I'm a director of product for a popular consumer app startup. We've been in the news recently because of our big fundraise, and we've been consistently making it on list after list for things like best places to work and top tech companies on the rise. Those things are great for convincing my parents that I'm a legitimate company, but here's the thing. On the inside, things are really a mess. Morale's probably at an all-time low. Yes, we've been able to raise a ton of capital despite not really generating meaningful revenue quite yet, all things considered. So it sure seems like our leadership knows how to tell a story to investors, but he certainly hasn't been able to tell that story well internally. There's constantly confusion about our overall strategy. Certain groups seem to have information that other groups don't have, and overall, it just feels like we're in a giant hamster wheel. We're starting to see employees leave despite only being on board for a few months, and I'll admit, I've definitely put the feelers out there. So yeah, my confession is that while things look rosy on the outside, inside, it's just messy. So Christy, when you first heard this, what was going through your head? I it totally resonated. So first, it's it sounds like, just to the person who wrote this, certainly a very difficult situation. My other My other first reaction was, very common <laughs> you know like you're not, you're not alone at all <laughs> welcome to startup land this is in my opinion actually this is when people ask me especially my friends who are not in tech or startups what's hard about working at a startup that situation that this person described i think really encapsulate exactly what is hard about working at a startup it is not trivial to communicate and align with all the people on a team and row in one direction. And the bigger you get, 
the harder it becomes. It's a lot of work to execute. I mean, this is what I think people mean when they say execution on a strategy, assuming you even agree on a strategy, right? Um, and so, yes, very difficult. So anyway, I guess my point is it's okay that it's messy. That doesn't mean your startup is completely broken or that you're doomed or that you're not going to be successful. But, it, you know, I do think you you have to address it, right? And you you slash the leadership team needs to address it because that is what execution is. And if it were me, I would do kind of, I would talk to a lot of folks, especially those who you sense are feeling low morale and kind of do an interview or kind of like an interview meets a brainstorm type of meeting where you where you try to understand what are, what are the issues? Why do you feel that? Uh, why do you feel disempowered or or not motivated in your role? And then try to actually bring a solution mindset to those meetings as well. Like, what do you think we should do about these things? And I would bring that information to leadership. And if morale is really low, if people are really leaving, then your leadership should be super excited to hear some suggestions <laughs> and solutions for that, right? And if they're not, then that tells you something valuable as well. Yeah, I, I one thing that struck me is oftentimes companies raise money that they're able to hire. It might be worth looking. I think leadership is obviously to blame here, but have they hired the right people that are motivated by this type of chaos? Because at different stages of a company, it needs different people. And it's okay to outgrow employees. It's okay to be too early for employees. I, I don't know. You moved over from finance into the, the startup world. And I wonder, was it an immediate fit or did it take some adjustment on your part as well? Definitely a big adjustment. It is. It's, it was. I remember being shocked. And, you know, when you work in, when you work in professional services, the other interesting thing that's very different is you work almost vertically in a team that's like stacked, like from a very senior person to a very junior person. And so really this concept of like cross-functional work is not as prevalent. You're kind of in like a deal team that um, is vertically stacked. And so when I joined a startup coming from that background, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I really got a crash course in what it is to be working with a lot of different stakeholders who are not kind of like your direct supervisor or their direct supervisor and realizing it sounds very kumbaya, but it's, it, it was a huge adjustment for me. And it really made me appreciate like it, you really need to be open to collaborating with all these different people and different functions to actually make something happen. Um, so yeah, I think that it, it can be to your point, it can be shocking if you uh, like a startup environment can be shocking, especially if you don't come from that from if you're new to it. Yeah. And the the other thing I heard was, you know, I, I don't think we we often discount the amount of effort it takes to raise capital. And I, I bet that these founders have probably been very distracted yeah. raising money for the last who knows how long, right? Six, eight months. And and in that, this kind of vacuum of of communication has been created. I do wonder if the person making this confession can help to uh, close that gap, right? And and instead of waiting for someone else to come along and 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 be that communication point, if they actually have the leverage to uh, take on some of that work themselves to to organize some of this chaos, as we see, I I totally agree with you. Both that I do think a lot of people don't realize it, it's a lot of work to do the the fundraising, and um, you know, it takes focus. It's very emotionally. 
uh, consuming. And so mm-hmm. you, I, I would totally believe that, you know, maybe these founders haven't been in the thick of what's going on at the company. And this person could add a lot of value by filling that void and maybe being the liaison or at least keeping them up to date and, um, and like sharing information back with the team as well so that they're not feeling like they're in the dark. We'll be right back after a quick break. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. For our second confession, we're going to switch gears a bit. You know, this is something that's often needed at these high-growth startups, a little outside perspective. Yes, of course. Everyone can use some mentorship and outside perspective now and then. Um, Today, we hear from one of those mentors who we're calling, sometimes being a mentor overwhelms me. This would come as a shock to people that know me, (laughs) or at least the ones that think they know me but I'm considered to be a mentor to many. But honestly, it can be overwhelming sometimes. I do enjoy helping other people when I can, but while they may see me as a product leader and someone that has built a personal brand of sorts, speaking at conferences, having my own show on Clubhouse, making quite a few podcast experiences, the truth is, I still feel like I'm still figuring things out for myself. Just last week in a call that I had with a junior product person, she commented on how I'm now a product guru and I had to laugh at that. I'm grateful to have had the opportunities that I've had, but I still feel like I'm learning new things every day. Because of that, sometimes I wonder just how helpful I'm being to others when I'm still trying to figure things out myself. I wonder if others are in the same boat. Or maybe it's just a me thing. Okay, Christy, I want to know your take on this one. This is such a such a common common phenomenon, so absolutely not a you thing. And I hear this several times a month from extremely accomplished individuals and leaders. I, I think, you know, we've we've read books and kind of watched documentaries about world leaders actually sharing that they also have felt this way. And I think both things can be true, right? You're learning things, new things every day. You don't have everything figured out. And you're also being incredibly helpful to others who have much less experience or even just a different set of experiences than you do. You know, I think sometimes people, people put too much stock into external markers I, I, when I refer to them, I like to call them gold stars, you know, like those very shiny, fancy titles or, or media things or the right brand names. And, um, you know, who doesn't want those fancy gold stars? (laughs) So I think it's actually amazing and refreshing that this person that you can see that those markers are not necessarily proof that you have mastered X or that, you know, everything there's to know about Y. So I think that's great. At the same time, 
don't be too hard on yourself. Don't diminish what you have accomplished and then, and what you have to offer, especially to those who are more junior than you. Um, I, I think the proof actually of how much you have to offer is that you are self-aware enough to realize that there's so much for all of us to learn and grow and improve on and that you're willing to be honest about that. I, I wish more people in positions of influence and power would be and say, um, like, I would really own that that is how you feel and normalize that we should, that we should always be learning and growing and stretching ourselves, even if we have reached certain markers of success or, you know, acquired those gold stars. And what an amazing message to, to pass on to people who are very likely feeling the same way or, or will at some point and kind of feel like alone. Am I alone in that? Um, or something wrong with me? And I think as long as you're not overextending and you're taking care of yourself, definitely keep on mentoring. I mean, the mentors I have had in my career from Morgan Stanley to Coursera to LinkedIn to, you know, right now where I am at Persona, I think they've helped me shape not only my career, but my life. And mm -hmm. And, it, you know, it isn't always, it wasn't, I, I couldn't be more grateful to them. And I don't think it was the kind of situation where it was like, they have the exact answers I need, or they have an exact playbook, or I've done the ex exact same type of career I want to build. Um, but just that they made time for me and, and made time to just, you know, be a sounding board and share thoughts and connect me with other folks who, who may have more wisdom about certain things has made in my mind, such a huge difference in my career and life. So I think being that mentor, even if, again, even if you don't feel like maybe it's not the most direct, um, you know, you're not sure about the direct output, I feel it's invaluable. I think that's awesome. And I remember when um, I was just getting started in my career and like my mentors at the time would be like my age now, you know, I'm going to turn 40 this year. <laughs> and I remember thinking about that recently and thinking back and I'm like, wait a minute. Did they not know what they were doing back then either? <laughs> and I actually think that's true. You know, we're all figuring yeah. stuff out. Like even if, even if we are at the most successful points in our careers, like usually we we all we feel like we're we're getting better all the time. But that means like we're learning. It means like we don't know everything. So I think it's like yeah, like realizing that is is really important. Like we put people up on a pedestal, but they're just human too. Yeah, and I find it very empowering when people who are you know just you know, are, have so much more experience than I do and have all these accomplishments that I hope to achieve one day also, you know, are open and honest about that. Like, Oh, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what I'm doing here. Um, I remember like, uh, I knew this chief revenue officer who was very accomplished and she, I just really looked up to her and I remember her sharing that she felt really um, out of her element because she'd never done like a tech company before. She had done more media or content before. And, and I just remember being shocked by that because to me, I was like, well, you have all this expertise and knowledge that no one in our organization has about how to really build a, a revenue organization. And, um, but knowing that she felt that way also was like, oh, wow. Like you really are always, always growing and, and it's okay to feel that way. We'll be right back after a quick break. All right, we're coming to the end of our episode. As always, we end things with one big takeaway from each of us. Yes, the point where we do our best to recap the lessons from each episode. All right, well, I'll go first. So my takeaway, it's going to come from that first confession, and that is building a company is hard. 
leadership requires a multifaceted skill set that honestly, most people don't have on day one. Those blind spots, they're hard to identify until it's too late, until something's on fire. So we should have a little bit more understanding and sympathy for those that we're working with. You know, just because somebody raises money doesn't mean they're a great internal leader or a great storyteller. It doesn't mean that they're good at hiring or recruiting or even building the processes for the entire team. Or maybe they just don't have the bandwidth to do all of those things effectively. So if you're at one of these companies and you really want it to succeed, Sometimes that means taking on parts of those leadership responsibilities where you see the founders or executives, they're not necessarily successfully executing on. So instead of sitting back and watching the place burn, maybe take some of that on. Now, if you're going to say, well, that's not my job, maybe startups aren't the right fit for you. Because honestly, building that rocket ship in mid-flight, that's everyone's responsibility. And if you're not, And if you're not interested in doing anything other than your job title, might just be best to find a more established company to lend your skills to. Nothing wrong with that either, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Great insights. I guess, you know, size does matter in this case. So from the second confession, I see some similar patterns. As people grow in their career and prominence in the industry, there are expectations that are set on them that they may or may not be equipped to live up to. Being a product manager is a much different skill than leadership or mentorship. The strategy for solving a problem at one company doesn't necessarily translate to another, and that's okay. It's okay not to be everything to everyone, too. It's okay to be a great product manager and not be interested or excited about becoming a coach or mentor. Sometimes we do these leadership activities or influencer activities simply because we want the recognition for the work that we're good at today. We want to build a brand so that we can find our next opportunity to continue to practice those skills and not necessarily move into leadership or mentorship. And that's okay. It's okay to be figuring it all out too. We all are. We all feel uncomfortable. We're all still figuring things out. And honestly, that's an ongoing process. Yeah, so a little more empathy all around, right? Goes a long way, right? Empathy with each other, a little more empathy with ourselves. Yeah, I don't know. Did the pandemic make us soft, Michael? Yeah, probably. Or (laughs) maybe we're just getting old. (laughs) That may be wiser, too, I'd like to think. Uh, I don't know about older, but definitely getting wiser. (laughs) I'll take it. I'll take it. So we'll be right back here in a couple days for Rocketship.fm. We're Mike Belsito. I'm Michael Sacco. Oh, and if you liked this season... Leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. That really, really goes a long way. Unless it's Spotify, of course, in which case you can't. (laughs) Well, not yet anyway, right? So anywhere but Spotify. (laughs) But yeah, definitely leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Until next time, we'll see you. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network, and if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.